we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Northern Power Women podcast. In this hour, we are more season. I'm your host, Simone Roche, and between now and the awards, we're going to be talking to our winners, our commended, and our partners of the Northern Power Women Awards, doing what we do best, which is showcasing and spotlighting role models. In case you haven't heard, the Northern Power Women Awards are proudly the largest celebration of gender equality in Europe, created to highlight the amazing impact that individuals, organizations, teams, and services are having whilst accelerating gender equality and wider inclusion from the North. And at Northern Power Women HQ, we are passionate about continuing to build this community of trailblazers and go-getters because we know that. What's the phrase? I love, alone you can go fast, but together we can go far. And my guest today knows all about that. Maggie Chen is the founder of Girls in Charge, who were named commended for the Innovation Award at the 2022 Awards back in March. Girls in Charge is an international social enterprise using gamification to help women build confidence and entrepreneurial skills. She's also the board member and chair of the Engagement Board at Cheshire and Warrington Local Enterprise Partnership. And these roles have seen her invited to the House of Lords several times on topics related to entrepreneurship and education. Maggie is an international keynote speaker and educator, having previously tutored for Stanford University. She's also the youngest recipient of Cartier's Young Leader Award, which celebrates the world's top impact entrepreneurs under 35. Maggie is a firm believer in empowering others and making everything she does impactful, creative, and fun. Welcome, Maggie. Hello. It's so lovely to be here. Oh, it's brilliant. I'm loving having these conversations with our winners and our partners and our commended. It's brilliant to know. Um, what have you been up to since Girls in Charge was commended at the Innovation Award earlier this year? And has it opened any doors for you? Well, yes, in so many ways. I mean, the award has raised our profile. It's helped us win grants and definitely emboldened us to think of ourselves as innovative. Uh, the award empowered us to be more, even more innovative. So now we're looking at setting up a metaverse version of Girls in Charge, which is really exciting and kind of uncharted territory. And in terms of what we've been up to, we've redesigned our impact program to be online and offline. So it's just being absolutely crazy. <laughs> oh, I love that. The idea of a girls in charge metaverse. You're going to have to keep us uh, up to date on that as well, because this the thing that we love about these podcasts is there's always a learning to take. There's always something that you can pass on. So it'll be great to hear about your experience. And we'll, we'll get you back on to talk about that as you progress with that, Maggie. That would be fabulous. <laughs> now, let's take a step back. Tell us about the backstory and the motivation that led you to co-found Girls in Charge. And what have you learned from that entrepreneur? journey so far? We got to go all the way back to university. 
So in my first year of university, I ended up launching my first business, which I named Shut Up and Dance. Through launching Shut Up and Dance, which is a dancewear company, I learned a lot. In 2017, which is my second year at uni, I decided to, you know, be like all the other student entrepreneurs and joined an accelerator program. At the time, out of around 40 participants, I was the only girl. So I felt pretty isolated and wanted to understand why so few women considered entrepreneurship as a viable career option, or even just to dip their toes into it at university. By third year, I decided to face my fear of public speaking and started to share my story with my peers at events and workshops, etc. And the really fascinating thing was after every single event, young women, my peers, at the same university would come up to me and say, what you're doing is amazing. I could never do that. In my head, I'm just like, why? Why can't you do that? You study business. I do languages. Like my degree had zero links to business. Whereas they were doing degrees, literally preparing them for the business world. So I decided to ask. And having this conversation over and over again with many people, I kind of categorized three types of answers. The first is, one, I don't have the personality for it, but is there really a personality for an entrepreneur? Two, on the surface, a great answer. I don't have a great idea. Well, have you tried to think of an idea? It's not like you go to sleep and you wake up with an idea and that's gonna be the next Facebook. And generally people just say, well, no, I haven't tried to think of an idea. I just thought, when I have an idea, I'll know. (laughs) And the most interesting one was, even if I had an idea, I wouldn't know where to begin. But have you heard of this thing called Google? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just a lot of reasons that on the surface sound solid. But actually, if we delve a little bit deeper, we realize that the main problems experienced by young women when it came to entrepreneurial consideration was actually a lack of confidence, skills, support and community in the world of entrepreneurship whilst at university. With all of those conversations in mind, Girls in Charge was born. Now, almost four years on, we've upskilled over 4,000 beneficiaries in three continents and worked with some of the largest companies in the world like Cartier and Fiverr. So it's been an amazing journey. And I think I've learned so much through the experience with Shut Up and Dance because I was a student. I had no money. I couldn't pay anyone to do anything for me. So I had to do the accounting, the website building, the branding, and all of which were just terrible. You know, they needed many, many revisions. But that hands-on experience was absolutely invaluable. It prepared me really well for Girls in Charge to make it what it is today, to be international, to be known. And I think one of the simplest but hardest lessons I learned was to just keep branding consistent across platforms, through time, and make sure every single new idea you have linked back to the brand and the message you wanted to send, which is very hard for creative people because you just come up with a new idea and it's like, does this actually fit the brand though? (laughs) So yeah, 
lots of things to think about there. Oh, it sounds very familiar, actually, from the, you know, I remember building my first Wix website and going on, you teaching yourself Canva, teaching yourself CRM, trying to teach yourself free agent, doing all the accounts. It is literally um, all of the juggling that comes along, does it, with with entrepreneurship. And uh, the fact that you've, you've you know, upskilled 4,000 uh, women across three continents, it's absolutely just outstanding. Congratulations, you. It's, it's absolutely amazing. And I, I love that top tip of keeping that branding consistent because there is something about waking up without, oh, I've got another idea. Shall we create this? And you have to, you have to get yourself out your own way sometimes, don't you? Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things we built a, we built a power platform that sits across Northern Power Women and the Power Collective. And it's, it's all there about building, intentionally building and growing your network and sharing sort of your skills with us. We, passionately believe in paying it forward and everyone's got something that they can give or gain and so I've been my my only kind of knowledge around gamification is I love giving people the badges I like you know being able to you know sort of whether you're a mentor whether you're nominating whether you're getting involved in the events that we do or on podcasts like this so tell us can you sort of give us a a speed lesson in, in gamification tell me exactly what it is and why you believe it is so important for skills development well Gamification, simply put, is just applying elements of gameplay into things that usually aren't associated with fun or playing. So, for example, you mentioned badges. That's one part of gamification. In our case, it's converting traditional soft skills education like networking and business ideation into a fun learning by doing dynamic experience. So we combine theory and practical application through games that we played as children. And our general approach revolves around five levels. So theory, playing, self-reflection, learning and feedback. For example, we start off by taking the theory of different thinking styles and gamify it. In one of our games, we literally just ask participants to doodle. And then they'd reflect on what they've drawn and begin to understand their own thinking styles, whether they have a derivative or distinctive thinking process. And this is the learning part, right? But They've got there quite effortlessly just by doodling for a couple minutes. And the feedback part is the most important. So here we're referring to feeding this new knowledge into daily work or life in order to just up your game. So gamification is really helpful for skills development because it is hands-on and it's also not daunting. So that is a very key part. Games have the power to connect people. It's really comes across in our workshops for corporates. So we've run some workshops for very large companies and the audience would include, you know, their execs all the way down to their junior recruits. And often these groups just don't talk to each other and they'd come in, they'd sit in their own groups, sometimes quite grumpy and gloomy because they didn't want to come to a workshop. But a few games in, they'd not only be laughing and joking, but they'd be doing that together. And so this barrier of hierarchy just melts away through gamification. And that's why I think it's just so fantastic because it has so much power behind it. I love that. I love that. And that, that just everything you talk about, I love the fact that you have that real emphasis on fun and demystifying the world of entrepreneurship. Is, is this what makes you so different and unique, the fun factor? <laughs> well, I'd like to think so, because I think I'm still, I'm still a child, basically. I, I've just never grown up. 
<laughs> but by making entrepreneurial skills development fun, people can play, learn, meet each other and de-stress de all in the space of an hour, right? It's just very efficient. So one of the most memorable conversations I had was with a girl studying at the same university as me. And I was asking why she didn't consider entrepreneurship as a viable career option, to which she replied, because even just the word entrepreneurship is scary. So when the word itself feels inaccessible, we just have to put a lot more effort into making the thing itself accessible. And time commitment is also a top consideration for people when they want to dip their toes into the startup world. And of course, mental health is a massive challenge these days too. So Having fun whilst gaining an insight into the world of entrepreneurship seemed like the most efficient way of solving many problems at once. And I need to need to connect you in with the wonderful Sharon Davis, who was commended in the transformational leader category. She's the chief exec of Young Enterprise. Again, it's again trying to just demystifying at a young age, at a school age, so pre-university, the thought of taking the scariness away about the word entrepreneur. And I think even... Um, in the summer, I think I, I think Stephen Bartlett on his diary of a CEO, he did an interview with Gary Neville and Gary Neville kind of talks about the fact that he doesn't like the word entrepreneurial. You know, it's almost like it, it puts the fear of goodness into him kind of thing. So it's, it's really, you know, really interesting that kind of just sometimes that language and, you know, you are somebody who sets bold, audacious goals and you're on a mission to upskill 1 million women by 2030. How are you getting on with this really impressive goal? Slowly, but surely. So our impact program will be bigger than ever this year. There'll be both online for everyone and on campus at a selection of universities. So if you do want to take part in listening to this, do check out our website to sign up. We are also reaching out to a much broader age range. So before we were focusing on universities and now we're looking at working more closely with schools and colleges and opening our impact program up to the general public. So we're also working with women who have taken a career break and are returning to work. We're expanding internationally and looking to launch the Metaverse Skills Bootcamp in the new year. So it's just been absolutely crazy since the awards and very exciting. It's amazing. And we'll put all the details of Girls in Charge in the show notes as well. So people can find out more and get involved uh, as well as you, as you, as you build your universe and metaverse. So we talk a lot about side hustles on, on the podcast and in Northern Power Women World and it can be quite that buzz phrase. But I know you at one point thought of Girls in Charge as a side hustle. What would you think the value of having a side hustle is? Well, I think side hustles are absolutely wonderful. So for example, my first business, up and dance began as a side hustle and to this day it still is but it's become passive income which is fabulous and also more importantly I think side hustles are just fantastic for gaining hands-on experience that you wouldn't normally gain in your normal studies or work so even with Girls in Charge yes it began as a side hustle for me and for some of the team it still is today and I wanted it to be a platform for growth and development. And it really is that, you know, be it externally in terms of our services and workshops or internally where team members are free to choose their projects, try out roles they have little experience in, because we can always find experts to guide them. But we truly value the willingness to learn and explore. So one of the first things we say to new members is at Girls in Charge, failure is fine. 
And people are always so puzzled by this, especially if they're still in education, because failing is a terrible thing at school. But in business and in life, failure can lead to so much more learning and growth than if things just went smoothly all the time, right? So with side hustles, you kind of just can't lose. You're getting skills or money or ideally both. It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And I think there's something around that, you know, fail, fail often, fail fast, you know. And, and I was talking with Liz Ashel Payne from Orca, who was the winner of our Entrepreneur Award. And, you know, she says you don't talk about sort of failing. It was almost about, it's about how you get up. It's always about how you get up from, from these situations and that. So you've talked about the metaverse and watch this space coming in, in January. But what is next for you? Currently, my focus and the focus of all of Girls in Charge is fully on the impact program. After term one's programming ends, I will be focusing on building partnerships with scale-ups and larger businesses whose values align with ours and businesses that you may not see around university campuses so that we can increase the visibility of other industries among students. So if you're listening and think that might be you and your business, do drop me a message on LinkedIn. But, you know... It's all very exciting at this point and lots of different projects for me to be getting on with within Girls in Charge and outside of it as well. So watch this space. Uh, and we'd love to get involved with the Power Collective. We've been doing these sort of speed, speed. we call them micro-mentoring sort of one-hour sessions, the next one we've got coming up in, in September. But, you know, we've engaged something like 20,000 conversations and it's, wow. it's absolutely about, and it's, really, it's always really important to us. We have different individuals from different sectors, different backgrounds, different levels, but actually so important that we've got some brilliant entrepreneurs in there. You know, we've got to, you know, we've got to storytell, you know, so we would welcome you and your team team to be part of that as well Maggie thank you so so much for chatting with me here today um, and thank you all for tuning in today if you want to get in touch with Maggie please do check out the show notes connect with her on LinkedIn she's got so much going on in the impact program the metaverse you know and, and equally don't forget her shut up and dance don't forget that's that's their passive yeah. as well so uh, so please do thank you for uh, listening in today if you love our episodes please let us know by rating reviewing subscribing wherever you you get your podcast. This helps us spread the stories of role models who are accelerating gender equality from the North. Reach out to us on all our socials at North Power Women on Twitter and Northern Power Women on all our other social media and let us know what you think. All the podcasts are transcribed. We always have a cheat sheet as well because there's different ways that you want to engage with us. Join us next Monday when I'll be joined by another fantastic role model from the Northern Power Women community. I'm Simone Roche and you've been listening to the Northern Power Women podcast, a What Goes on Media. Production. Oh, yeah.